I know you think people are going to be interested in this, but they're not. COVID-19! COVID-19! Tony. Hello, listen. Hey. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Just taking it easy. Got up a little early and I was just playing guitar a minute ago and I was like, oh, wait, I got to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sucks we have to do this podcast. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Welcome to Dabs and Coffee, episode 12. Woo! So, since the last time we talked, uh, you've been playing guitar nonstop. (laughs) A lot, yeah. Um, What did I do yesterday? We uh, threw around the Frisbee, but then the Frisbee went over a fence and a dog ate it. Uh, So we stopped doing that. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, I grilled some fish, made some rice and some peas and carrots, and it came out really good. So that was good. The dog, the dog ate. What kind of dog? It was like the neighbor's dogs. Bastards. Yeah. Those are the worst kind of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't. Didn't want to hop the fence. You know, it was old man Giggins with a. Oh, that's a right. With a pitchfork. <laughs> Yeah. But we've been grilling so, like crazy because it's been so nice out and Yeah, and, I don't really uh, grill. Oh man, you get on that. Uh and the other thing that was cool last night was I actually heard people howling at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's become a thing. Yeah. So we partake and uh yeah. Because I heard about it going on, but I just didn't hear anybody doing it until last night. Do you think that's going to end when the COVID thing ends? Of course. I didn't know if that was just going to stay a thing. I don't. I don't know if I get it. Like, I guess I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more of like, hey, we're all stuck, not socializing. We could go outside and howl at the moon. <laughs> I I thought it had something to do with like um, medical, like frontline healthcare workers. Like uh, like in certain places, they all clap at the same time, like cheering. Right. But I still don't get it. Well, they have you do like they want people to put a blue candle in their windows or something. But it's like. Or, like, wear a color or something, and it's like, come on. Like, 
what the fuck is that doing? Like, how is that helping? Is it just like making, I guess, I guess it's like morale. Right. I guess solidarity. Uh, yeah, the solidarity. That's how I felt it was. Right. Well, I uh, I was sitting out back smoking pot last night when people were howling. That uh, or that's a symptom of the COVID we are turning into be. werewolf. That might be when you smoke pot and you hear howling that you might have COVID. <laughs> that still oh, should, that should be a Jeff Foxworthy thing. You might have COVID. <laughs> if you're smoking pot and hear howling, you might have COVID. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. It's a bad Jeff Foxworthy. No offense. No offense to, to Eric with, with his southern accent. <laughs> I have a bad generic southern accent that I just apply to anybody from down south. Right. Um, so I was Googling this, this uh, why do we howl at the moon now? And there's no reason why. It's just, I guess, like a social thing that's going on. Why did why did Ozzy bark at the moon? I don't know, man, because he's a werewolf. I don't really remember the song. I only listen to Crazy Train. Oh. <laughs> That's my go-to. I prefer my Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath. Right. I wanted to keep him as far away from that TV show he was on as possible. That was a great show, though. I, I checked out pretty quick. I couldn't handle the wife or the daughter. I thought Jack was pretty cool, but I couldn't handle yeah. his, his wife or his daughter. I was just like, I would, I'd be dead in a day if I didn't in that house. Sharon. <laughs> well, I... Uh... Yeah, I found out over the last couple of days that um, podcast editing is it's kind of fun, but it does take a lot of time. And I didn't have anything to do the past couple of days. So it was it was fun to focus on. And I don't really have anything to do different over the next coming days. But I think I want to mess around with the website more. Um, So probably going to be probably going to be obsessing less with my little inserted movie clips are probably copyrighted anyway so but uh (laughs) it is kind of fun to fuck around with once you learn how to like i i i started playing with the podcast stuff uh about a year ago but i just didn't want to mess around with the editing it seemed kind of intimidating but when you start playing with it more so on the computer than on the phone it's actually it's kind of easy and I don't know. It, it's fun to putz with, but it does take time. Um, so hopefully I'll get the website live pretty quick. Um, I've been uh, <laughs> doing uh, teleconference uh, therapy. And uh, yeah, it's not bad. Well, with, your hot, with your hot therapist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that helps. I'll be honest. Um <laughs> I haven't done much therapy before in life, so I've always sort of dismissed it, even though I've always been like, yeah, I don't know, maybe that helps. People seem to say it helps. 
But I always just wind up talking to somebody that I'm always like, you already know all this shit and I just don't want to be here. But when it's, uh, I guess it helps when it's an attractive woman. Because it's always been like oh, a yeah. fat guy with a clipboard. Yeah, when it's somebody attractive, uh, you can, it's easy, they're easier to look at and therefore you want to pay more attention, especially attractive women. But like, you know, a we, guy we missing saw- a bunch of teeth, like you don't want to look at them, you know, you're going to turn away. But then again, if it was like a, a freakish looking person, like over the top freakish, yeah. I would look too. like, yeah. like ugly people, you know, you kind of like, you kind of like you dart your eyes around. But if they looked like creature from the Black Lagoon or something, I'd be just fascinated. And I'd just be like, yeah, I got to listen to this thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a policy everybody should adopt right there. Whenever I talk to them, they should just go, I agree with you. <laughs> what a wonderful world this would be. Probably not. <laughs> We'd be at constant war. Um, I, uh, let's see. Yeah, I keep talking about practicing uh, Italian, and uh, I've not been doing that. So I got to get back on that. I guess I don't have to get back on that. I don't have to do anything. But I'm going to, I'm going to, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, oh, I can hear your dog in the background. Yeah. There is a little animal menagerie in here. Um, some cat dog action, some hot cat dog action. Uh, God, that's about it. I just realized how much, uh, little there really is i mean i i did the thing last night where i applied for a job that i didn't even really want and then as i was doing it i was like why are you doing this but it felt necessary just to almost like keep up the just the 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 practice of like you know putting forth the effort of looking for something even though I was like, I really don't want to fucking work here. It was a, it was a plasma place that ah. I I felt like I had the qualifications for what they were looking for. But at the same time, I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't really want to do this. Apply. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole time going, yeah. well, I, I hope they don't call me. <laughs> yeah, I really don't want to leave the cannabis industry but i don't know but there's nothing out there still so you know i'm waiting on that company today just to uh hear if they wanted me to do some consulting so we'll see well you know there's things too that i applied for like right after the layoff and um and and a week or so after and it's been you know I've just known employers to take a while occasionally. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not stressing. Cause I have a bunch out there and they're right like in my field, you know? Right. Uh, so I don't know, but it's funny. You sent me Charlotte's web. I actually applied for that job. Right. <laughs> like when we were still working together. Uh, and they sent me an email back and they were like, Oh, we liked your resume, da, 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 but we're gonna. We decided to go down a different route. Um, 
and now they're looking again. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, speaking of speaking of that, uh, I guess that is part of the news. I mean, you you brought it, there you, go. you brought it up yesterday, but uh, yeah, did you wanna did you wanna cover that part? Well, we did talk about it yesterday, but I'll brush up on it a little more. So Charlotte Fiji Fiji Charlotte Fiji, <laughs> the thirteen-year-old poster child for medical cannabis, died on Tuesday. She was. Uh, a girl whose battle with severe epilepsy inspired changes in medical cannabis laws. Um, yeah, she died on Tuesday, which was the 7th, um, and she was 13 years old. Charlotte became the poster child for the benefits of CBD oil after using it to control the constant seizures experienced from her severe epilepsy called Dravet Syndrome. As a toddler in Colorado Springs, she experienced up to 300 grand mile seizures per week and used the wheelchair before using CBD drastically reduced her rate of seizures. The whole family had been ill for nearly a month starting in early March, but did not qualify for coronavirus testing, she added. However, after Charlotte's symptoms worsened, she was admitted to a hospital on April 3rd and administered the test. While the result uh, came back negative, there are concerns that COVID-19 testing may return false negatives at high rates. After being released from the hospital on April 5th, Charlotte had a seizure two days later that resulted in respiratory foot failure and cardiac arrest. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that got me wow. this morning when I was reading about it because if it wasn't I mean, whether it was COVID or not, it's one of those deals where it's like, I mean, these kids that have this mm -hmm. syndrome, it's, it's like, you can, you can essentially seizure to death. Um, I mean, I've had three in a day before and oh, wow. that was like, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's like getting just beat up all day long. And, um, and then, like the next day, you're you're just it's kind of I don't know it's like get hit by a car I guess but like without I don't know it's just it's fucked up psychologically and mentally and so I know that kids yeah. with this syndrome like they're barely able to function so like the parents end up becoming like full time caretaker nurses and um. I don't know. I usually, it's one of those things where it's like, you know how it's easy not to get like affected by stuff until you're suddenly have to deal with it yourself. And then it's like, you can, right. you know, it's easier to empathize because it's like, Oh Jesus, I get it. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I feel really bad because that name is so, I mean, everybody knows that name in the industry and Colorado, mm. it's a pretty big name. Uh, Char Charlotte's Web, CW, uh, Botanicals. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel uh, feel bad. Um, so, I don't know. Rest in peace, Charlotte. Yeah. And condolences to her family. I mean, that's got to be so rough and all the – everybody that knew her, right. you know. 
probably i mean she had obviously had ties to tons of people in the in the cannabis industry um speaking of um Marijuana's billion-dollar pot stocks. Only seven remain. Pretty much all expectations for the pot industry have gone up in smoke. In Canada, regulatory issues have caused everything from shortages of derivative products in some regions to supply bottlenecks of dried cannabis in others. Meanwhile, in the United States, high tax rates have made it difficult for licensed producers to compete with black market growers. Pot stocks throughout North America are also contending with financial issues and have been adversely impacted by the coronavirus disease. Um, With I was just, seemingly I was just thinking, uh, sorry, I, I, yeah, just that thing about in Canada, regulatory issues have caused everything. I, that's something when we, when we were talking yesterday about like, or with, you know, the last few days about Canada, kind of the way they did it, it, it does kind of bring up that whole, whenever I, as, as a guy that has sort of like worked in, you know, regulations a lot in this like industry mm-hmm. with, and medicals and stuff like that, whenever I see regulatory issues, that's the first, I just think of like something, something was too complex for it to work, you know, mm-hmm. they, I don't know. I, it's like when they say things are, you know, when something's designed by a committee, um, when you mm-hmm. just have something that is well, like it, it, you could call something well-intentioned, even if it's not. And then like, okay, we're going to, we're going to mass produce this. So we have to regulate the shit out of it. And then it, it just, it just turns out to be just, it doesn't work. So that's my uh, stoned interpretation of the way Canada operates its cannabis industry. Well, let me ask you, I mean, I, you know, I've, obviously I've, I have, you know, I worked with you and we dealt a lot with interpreting regulations and could that also be part of Canada's problem? Could that also be that regulations were too gray? Yeah, because what happens here that a lot of people might not know is that we, we have to follow certain regulations that the way they're written are not black and white. They're like left up to interpretation. And then what happens is you have an auditor come in who has their own interpretation of the regulations. And it, it, it's like, there is no real definitive. They, they say something like, we leave it up to the companies to exercise their own judgment to how to do it. And it's like, hey, that's really cool and all, but then you can come in and fine us because we don't do it the way you want. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I never looked at what, what uh, regulations Canada had, but I just suspect it's probably like what we dealt with, but more. Yeah. I mean, and you know, because we were working in, well, cannabis is way more, or THC is way more regulated than CBD or right. hemp. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm going to continue with this. With a seemingly endless slew of bad news, the 20 cannabis stocks that at one point had billion-dollar valuations have now been whittled down to just seven. 
You won't find Aurora Cannabis or Tilray on this list, despite once uh, sporting peak market caps of nine billion and twenty six billion, respectively. That's so crazy. <laughs> I gotta sell my I gotta sell my Aurora <laughs> Cannabis stock. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, to go through the list of the top seven, we have at number one we have Canopy Growth at five point oh seven billion. Uh, number two, GW Pharmaceuticals, two point five. Those billion. are the guys that make um, Apeliox, I think, for uh, oh, yeah, they make the drug for the the kids with the Dravet syndrome. Like they're the ones with the patent on CBD, I think. Yeah, that's why. Okay, no, it's, folks, just uh, so you know, GW Pharmaceuticals has a patent on the molecule CBD. And that's why you have to be careful with your use of the term CBD in any kind of official like marketing, because we, we, you know, the company we worked for, for the most part, we referred to everything as hemp oil, just so we wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. And specifically full spectrum hemp extract or broad, broad spectrum hemp extract. Uh, right, which is THC. Um, but if you if you're looking for CBD products and you know you're like it doesn't say CBD, well if it says hemp extract or maybe somewhere it might say cannabinoids, um, then you know they it, it has CBD quote un, end quote uh, in it, um, and that would mean that those companies. I don't I I, I don't really understand how companies like. Uh, CBDRX, like how those companies don't get just popped because it's right in their name. Yeah, plus CBD. Um, plus, CBD. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, um, all right, so GW Pharmaceuticals, number two, two point five billion. Uh, number three, the Kronos Group, one point nine five billion. Cure Leaf Holdings, $1.79 billion at number four. Number five, Green Thumb Industries, $1.2 billion. Innova- Innovative Industrial Properties, $1.2 billion at six. And last but not least, number seven, To Leave Cannabis, $1.08 billion. It is, it is actually last and least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just yeah I've right. heard of, <laughs> i guess last and least would be aurora cannabis chronos <laughs> and cura leaf i don't know who the other the last three are uh but then again i barely know whatever i'm i'm, I'm trying to learn this stuff um all right so we are doing a thing where we're kind of we're hopping around trying to find a good format here giving you some cannabis news um and uh, I thought that this was something uh, to talk about because I had not heard much about uh, Michigan and uh, their cannabis laws. So just when I hear about different states, um, you know, I mean, Colorado is really the only one that I've ever focused on. So it's nice to read about what other states are doing and what works and what doesn't. So in Battle Creek, Michigan, um, Let's see. The there's a 
5 million square foot cannabis complex planned for Fort Custer Industrial Park. Battle Creek is taking steps to become a hub in Michigan's cannabis industry. Chicago-based DB3 Agricultural Solutions has a purchase agreement with Battle Creek Unlimited for 100 acres of land in the northeast corner of the Fort Custer Industrial Park, an area envisioned as a quote-unquote cannabis campus. DB3 is planning to build a 5 million square foot campus complex called Sensei Park, offering lease spaces such as custom condos that cater to different marijuana license types, road processing, testing for safety compliance, and secure transportation. The campus will not include cannabis retail operations. Well, all right. Hmm. Yeah, so it's just strictly MIPS. Marijuana-infused products. Yes. Or just, like, right. facilities for MIPS. There you go. That's cool, though. It is interesting to hear how the other states are doing. I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, that's... There's so many... They're trying to get a lot of people to move out there. But, uh... Fuck that. Sorry, <laughs> listeners in Oklahoma. <laughs> I've never been. I don't know. I'll visit. I'll visit. I'll visit everywhere. I'll visit yeah. most places in, in the world. There's a few that I, I won't go, but, you know, I'll check out all 50 states. I, I've not been to all 50 states yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I bet Oklahoma has its own type of charm. I mean, I grew up in Georgia, and, it, you know, I don't hate on it. It's beautiful. Uh, so, you know, and, and in Oklahoma, too, there are those tornadoes. So it'd be interesting to see a tornado. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one in real, in like with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of uh, Battle Creek, uh, it's the home to Pop-Tarts. <laughs> um, in the years following World War II, complex forces were converging on the American breakfast table. Parents spent less time at the breakfast table with their kids, who were more interested Woo! in watching TV. Anyway. TV! Woo! That's America. Um, Americans craved convenience, a craving not lost on the folks in Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek was and still is the home to Kellogg and Post. So not only do they make Pop Tarts, they make all your a lot of your cereals there. Um, and there was an epic war, you know. Uh, Captain Crunch, uh, he led the Kellogg army. What does Post make other than Post cereal? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I know they had those commercials with like the ladies that worked in the production facility, and I think it was like a oh, grape, yeah, grape nuts, nuts commercial. No grapes, no nuts. I'm all on. This is actually inspired by Seinfeld. I I learned about the Pop Tart thing from watching a little Seinfeld video where he was talking about how to write a joke, and he was obsessed with Pop Tarts and the fact that they were they were created in Battle Creek, Michigan. You know, just the whole thing. It just sounded so funny, and so that's why 
That's why when I saw that the weed was being, in, you know, the Maddle bachelor. Creek, I was like, all right, the, the, the people need to know about Pop-Tarts. Could we see infused <gasps> Pop-Tarts? Holy shit. The future. <laughs> Boom. Well, I know, I know, um, well, you know, from the cannabis industry, word on the street used to be that Airheads was going to get involved in the cannabis. That candy? The candy, like the not, brand. Not Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, and Brendan Fraser. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I watched that like a week <laughs> ago. <laughs> I fucking love Pops Hearts, man. But you know what, man? It, it's like they, they list... You know, if you, I, I mean, maybe I just pay attention to this as a nerd, but I like to see where things are made. You know, where they come from. Yeah, no, I do too. I don't. I don't oh, get how things I mean, exist. I like, like locally. You know what I mean? Like it just objects. Like, where did that thing come from? Like, what is that? My um, my uncle used to work uh in in New Jersey uh at the Sunshine Cracker Factory. And that's and he would make cheeses. Fact, fucking cracker factory. Yeah. Sunshine cracker factory. It's in like Patterson, New Jersey. Was it it as exciting as I imagined um, working at the cracker factory? Because I imagine there's a big fucking room full of salt that uh, I've just there's a Simpsons in my head that I'm imagining. Well, at least I'm not stuck at the cracker factory like Millhouse. Wow! Ever wonder how crackers get salted? Have I? Wow! Crackers, ho! I never knew cracker production could be so exciting. But where do they make those crackers with that peanut butter already inside? Uh, put this on and come with me, son. No, I, I, you know, I mean, they showed their process on one of their commercials. They would, they take a, a huge block of cheese and they have a shrinking machine that turns a, a, a 50 pound block of cheese into a tiny cracker. <laughs> so it just zaps it. <laughs> ah, it's that easy. Shit. You'd think more people would be doing it. <laughs> you know that uh, yeah, Millhouse's right? <laughs> dad worked at uh, the cracker factory. He got fired. Millhouse got his dad got fired from the cracker factory when uh, he got divorced because crackers are a family food. And as as his boss oh. explained to him, he said, Dang. "Single people might eat it. We don't know. We don't want to know." You're letting me go, Kirk. Crackers are a family food. Happy families. Maybe single people eat crackers. We don't know. Frankly, we don't want to know. It's a market we can do without. So that's it after 20 years. So long, good luck. I don't recall saying good luck. <laughs> Very traditional <laughs> values in the cracker industry. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you know, except, I mean, I would hate, you know, I hope those people are still working and not laid off because we don't need more broke-ass crackers. God damn it, there's some applause going in there. 
<laughs> All right. Enough about crackers. Let's talk about country squares. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> on February 16th, 1964, Post unveiled its new product, Country Squares. The food industry oohed and odd. The business press buzzed. Grocers waited expectantly. But Post was slow getting Country Squares onto store shelves. They kept fooling around with it in our labs, recalls Stan Reisman, a retired post-food technician who invented the cereal Fruity Pebbles. That guy needs his own holiday. You invented Fruity so, Pebbles, dude. Was Fruity Pebbles wow. its own thing, I wonder? And then they had the uh, Flintstones tie-in with, with Pebbles? Or was it originally like, there's a character named Pebbles on the Flintstones. Let's call this Fruity Pebbles. Because they do look like pebbles. So, Dang. huh. Yeah. I bet they're its own thing so that they didn't have to be beholden to pebble Flintstones. That's what I'm saying. I think that it was just a, I think that Flintstone, somebody in marketing realized, hey, there's a character in the Flintstones. And they reached out and then they right. partnered with Hannah Barbera. Uh, but what about the, the vitamins, same deal, probably. I think uh, Flintstone vitamins are the only time in my life I've taken vitamins. Like, I, I don't know. Did I, I guess I have nowhere to go with that. Um. <laughs> All right, back to country squares. <laughs> um. In September 1964, just six months after the public unveiling of Country Squares, Kellogg introduced Pop-Tarts in several test markets around the world. Reisman insists Country Squares were superior, but he says, we could see the handwriting on the wall. Other products that you might not have heard of. Yeah. Are these similar to Pop-Tarts, I take it? Yeah. Post-Toastum Pop-Ups. General Mills Ooh. Toast Switch, which had to be refrigerated. Boo. And Nabisco Toastettes. All right. I have to make a comment here because the Toast Switch, first off, might be like, uh, oh, damn, what are those things? There's like those pastries that those you Those are good. You know, I know what you're Pillsbury. talking about. Pastries. That's all I know. What do they call? <laughs> They're not. Yeah. That's oh, you all had my me mom ever called them. I, I don't think I've <laughs> ever bought them myself. But as a kid, I remember my mom saying, these aren't Pop-Tarts. They're pastries. And I remember thinking, damn, they're good. Toaster strudels. Toaster those are strudels. good. Those are good. Those are like, sorry, Pop-Tarts. I love Pop-Tarts, but toaster strudels are a step above. Um, but Nabisco's Toastettes, my mom used to buy those for us when I was a kid. Cause like, I definitely like the trashy pop tarts and the Toastettes were fucking better than the pop tarts. Cause they just had a better filling. They're called cool. I don't stuff. know if I was to buy a brand name pop tart and a generic brand like Kroger tart. That I would know the difference. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I like what it says about <laughs> this is just me being immature liking certain words, but <laughs> I like when post R and D department figured out they wanted a way to keep fruit filling moist while inhabit while inhibiting the growth of spoilage causing bacteria. I just think that that's I don't know, that's just funny. <laughs> like that's the goal. We people want this thing. They need some sort of fruit filling that won't go bad. Right. Apparently Pop-Tarts are easy to make uh, at home, though. I mean, you buy the dough and you put yeah, jelly in them and you bake them. So look it up. If you're bored and wanting to make something new, make yourself some Pop-Tarts. But I do consider myself a Pop-Tart kind of I did know that about you, which is weird because I didn't have any reason to, but I knew that about you. I think no, you can look I just, at somebody I and be like, through a bunch Pop-Tarts. of your personal information, and that's what I focused on was your love and obsession of Pop Tarts. I didn't care about your social security number uh, or your blood type or any of that stuff. I don't like to talk about where I found all this information. Just forget I yeah, said it. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> it wasn't on the shared Google Drive. It's just was out it? there on <laughs> internet.com. <laughs> Now the okay the other thing before okay. we leave pop tarts uh, that I just think is funny because I'm just I'm remembering the last part of why Seinfeld was obsessed with pop tarts is because it was the part of the the fact that they're pop tarts the fact that they were developed in Battle Creek Michigan and then apparently in addition to you know being a quick breakfast item for people that are busy after the war. I thought that he said that, like, maybe during the war, they were trying to develop something that was like, um, oh, what the fuck, ready to eat? What are, they, what are those things? Um, or a meal ready to eat? Uh, oh, like a. It's one of those acronyms that I forget, but it was supposed yeah, to, <laughs> it was supposed to be like healthy, like a healthy version of a. Uh, um, a smashed healthy version of fruit for like uh, soldiers or something like that. And it's like, it's not any of that. It's nothing healthy about it. <laughs> it's just, it's just sugar and preservative. Yeah, yeah. It's just junk. <laughs> um, I know. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the rapper, uh, Tyler, the creator. Tyler isn't, here tyler went away tyler's gone but uh he's part of the odd future group and there's this other guy frank ocean who came out as gay a couple years ago and somebody was interviewing uh tyler creator because his best friend is frank ocean and he's like how did you know like have you always known that frank ocean was gay and he says uh you know, I always thought something was off about him. He'd come to my house and he'd ask for pop tarts <laughs> without the frosting. That's how you know. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I always thought that's something was off about him. 
<laughs> I mean, I would too, though. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Frosting or no frosting? Give me the frost. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to talk to some people that I'm suspicious of now. Not that it matters. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um. You know what other um because I know, I remember Seinfeld they had the uh, the muffin top episode um so just funny uh, Jerry Seinfeld or Larry we David just can't really get away from Casey. Seinfeld he's he's taken over everything like he he did everything before I could get to it God damn you Seinfeld well that said uh. <laughs> Jerry's a coffee drinker, uh, so we'll go to coffee news. This is for Jerry. This show's for Jerry. Uh, we covered um, weed in Africa yesterday, and I didn't even mean to obsess on Africa yesterday, but I was reading the news. Um, I, I jump around news sources just because everybody says whatever their own perspective is, it seems. And a lot of times I just like to go to BBC just because I get a lot more global news. And um, there was a big focus on African countries and their response to uh, coronavirus. Um, and coronavirus is affecting, there, you know, we'll get to some coronavirus news specifically, but one of the things that it's doing is it's affecting specialty coffee growers oh. in Kenya, which is where a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coffee comes from African countries. Global consumers are still drinking coffee, but few are visiting cafes. Instead, they're uh, buying medium quality supermarket beans to drink at home for going high-end coffee shop offerings, which is spelling disaster for uh, specialist suppliers. Um, top importers have stockpiled supermarket quality beans, but not specialty offerings, dealers say. For the Kenyan economy, it's a particular blow. Kenya is, the on is only the world's 21st largest coffee producer, according to data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, but around half of its sale are specialty grade coffee, according to the Specialty Coffee Association. That makes it especially vulnerable to the specialty <laughs> bean to the specialty bean crash. Um, about eight hundred. Gee, you know, I have to stop you there. I know, I know. I just, it's funny that there's all these associations, a specialty coffee association. You think they're at one point just part of the coffee association, and then they were like, "Nah, we're specialty coffee." You guys I'm, are. I'm sure every single coffee. association is. You know what I mean? Like it's. There's a reason these things start, and then it becomes political. Because okay, check it out, dude. There's another one. There's another one. Okay, check this I out. Start... Eight hundred thousand Kenyans grow coffee, according to the International Coffee Organization. So you've got the Specialty Coffee Association. You have the International Coffee organization um that's just two i wonder how many there are i'm sure there's like a kenyan there's a special kenya one there's got to be an african one i mean every organization probably has its own 
they're probably all bitching about the same thing and they're all, you know, they're probably bitching about like, you know, yeah, specialty versus supermarket. I bought uh, I bought generic supermarket coffee once. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. a good idea. It was called uh, Shoppers Value. Yeah, Shoppers yeah, it Value. It wasn't good. I wound up throwing it away. It was offensive to my mouth. <laughs> my mouth's filth. <laughs> I'm gonna start a, a a committee and call it the anti acronym committee <laughs> or the AAC. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I like it. Sorry, uh, I guess I was high. Well, Bill Hicks, <laughs> uh, comedian, been dead for since the '90s, but I always liked his. He wanted to start a political group called the people who hate people. And it's really hard to have meetings. Nobody wants to go if anyone else is there. <laughs> um, right. So let's see. Uh, so in Kenya, there's little domestic demand. 95% of production is exported. Um, their other top earners are tourism and exports of flowers and fresh produce. So that's getting hammered. Coffee was already struggling. Production costs are too high for producers to compete with mechanized mega producers, growers like Brazil. Climate change is pushing up temps and making rainfall patterns more erratic, reducing productivity and forcing many farmers out of the business. Low global coffee prices had added to the sector's woes. Arabica futures touched 13-year lows in 2019, but prices had begun to rebound. So, yeah. I'd heard, I always had this impression that, mm. like, uh, after South Africa, Kenya and Nigeria were, um, those are the only other Kenya or African countries that I really ever hear much about with relation to, like, modern they're, they're the only countries where i hear news that isn't horrible like they seem to have like a functional functional right. like economy and stuff like yeah. that the other countries it's just always dictators and horrible horrible things going on true but i, I would have to say in the um in more recent years i think that Plus, we don't hear about it as much that it's not as I mean, they're, yeah, there's still dictators there and tiny countries always fighting. But uh, um, I, th I, I think that there are a lot more countries have. Uh, I, I've always had this impression there. that um, leadership changes oh. like are pretty uh, frequent in African countries. Um, Simpsons did a bit on that where it's like. They came to visit one yeah. country, and by the time they left, it was called something else because it had been overthrown. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where right. I'll read a quip about a small country, and I'd be like, I didn't even know this was a country. and I didn't know who was in charge in the first place, and now someone else is in charge. It's like, all right. 
And it says like there's several million people that live there. Right. Which you know, I didn't I didn't even know they existed. All right. <laughs> I guess they uh hey, we they should really do, do miss the rain song. Down I don't Africa. think one's been done in a in a short while. We should do a remake and sound yeah, in like exactly like the original because that's <laughs> the point of remakes. I didn't understand why people lost their shit for that Weezer yeah, right. version of Africa. <laughs> I, did, I was like, it sounds exactly like the guys that made the, I forget the name of the band made the original. I was like, I don't get why. Yeah. Are you supposed to put your own spin? Yeah, you know, I like Weezer. Yeah, the but, first one, right? You know, it, it, I like the Blue Album. Yeah. It's the go-to. Yeah. It's like, I wish they kind of went back to some of that. Song, songs, songs about sweaters. Um, speaking of... Right. There's a sweater song. Whoa, oh, yeah, the sweater. Whoa, whoa. Why'd you destroy my sweater? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold <laughs> this dead as I walk away. As I walk away. Um, right, back to some more coffee news. Luck, what did you, Luck and Coffee Incorporated. Uh, <laughs> I put it in there Tony, in case you, know you wanted Chinese, to impress man. the people. I, I put those figures in there. You know how hard it was to type no, those no. Chinese figures? I would come across as racist. I had to get a special keyboard, which was really hard know, to do right now do with that. all this going on. <laughs> it's uh, it's Cantonese. Um, is that Mandarin? <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Luckin Coffee Incorporated is a Chinese coffee company and coffee house chain. It was founded in Beijing in 2017. As of January 2020, it managed 4,507 stores and exceeded the number of Starbucks stores in China. Most of its stores are small pickup locations in office buildings or college campuses that serve for online orders, pickups, and delivery. Yeah, I know, and I never heard That's of interesting them. that there's a company larger than Starbucks. Well, no. I, I think this is one of those cool things that is going to go up. away like pretty quick. Actually, it sounds like they're already. But then again, every company, yeah. every big company that comes out, it sounds like a bunch of weird shit happens. So, uh, right. Um, so there's a Starbucks monopoly accusation. In May 2018, Luckin Coffee accused Starbucks of forming a monopoly by signing exclusive contracts with suppliers and property owners. Starbucks dismissed these allegations as a marketing stunt. On May 16, 2018, the case was officially put on file by the Shenzhen Intermediate People's Court. In October 2019, Lucky Coffee un unilaterally withdrew the case. There's also short seller allegations on January 31st, 2020. Uh, short seller Muddy Waters Research published a, an anonymous 89-page report on Twitter claiming that Luckin Coffee 
had falsified financial and operational figures. The report claimed that the number of items sold per store yeah. was inflated by at least 69% giggity in the third and by 88% in the fourth quarter of 2019, supposedly backed by 1,200 or 11,200 11, hours of video footage. Before the U.S. stock market opening on February 3rd, 2020, Luck and Coffee responded by mm-hmm. categorically... I know, it's in Chinese, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing really well, man. You're doing really Lucky well Coffee in Chinese, by, by the way, for a guy that doesn't know how. I'm sorry? Oh, thank you. Well, I, well, to, I know. I know. It's I have like to you're just, this is it, amazing. Uh, you're doing this. as I go. So <laughs> I've been studying. Um, okay, before the U.S. stock market opening on February third, two thousand twenty, Luckin Coffee responded by denying all allegations made in the report. The company argued that the report raised malicious accusations and false allegations with un- unsubsidized evidence and flawed methodology. Huh. And then the fraud probe. On April 2nd, 2020, so pr- fairly recent, uh, Lucky Coffee announced that an integral investigation found that its chief operating officer, John Liu, and several others who reported to him had fabricated the company's 2019 sales by around 2.2 billion uh, in Chinese currency. <laughs> the uh, in the U.S. that would be 310 million. The next day, the the China Securities right. so, Regulatory so Commission. So, like, I don't. So what I was trying to like get at fraud. earlier was wow. I don't know if that means that this is one of those like big big deals for a second that goes away, or if this is like you know, a big company that comes out and then there's one of these like um, accusations of, of whatever, but then this is all of a sudden you're going to start seeing this thing here, like, you know, next to Starbucks. Cause I just see Starbucks everywhere. And then right. there's a few other chains that you no. see around, <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess it would, um, there's certain things that you should probably almost expect to be only a matter of time. I mean, we have these huge chains that we're just used to, but you know, eventually everything probably should go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see why a giant brand. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't give it. I guess I just don't give a shit about Starbucks. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not like loyal to any brand over another you know uh maybe like when it, i mean craft beer and like dispensaries but those are all you're pretty those aren't, some dispensaries are you're major, pretty loyal but, to toastettes you know if you just support locally yeah yeah you're right and i'm pretty loyal to cheese it's i'm you know what I'm a fan of is uh, a delicious uh, Triscuit <laughs> crackers. Uh, but I got to be honest, I'm not loyal to the brand. I'll go for the generic. I don't give a shit. I'll save 50 cents. Yeah, I go for the generic too. It's fine. Right. Uh, save a couple bucks. 
Yeah. Here are here's a few news items. Um, we knew yesterday that Bernie Sanders was dropping out. He's dropped out. Uh, tre- the Treasury Secretary says Americans could begin seeing direct deposit stimulus checks by April 9th, which is being reported today. You're hearing this on the 10th. So check your bank account. I haven't checked mine yet. I seriously doubt that I'd see. If they have your direct deposit from past How did um, they get my bank account? Tax, no, from your taxes. If you use direct deposit in 2018 Employee? or 2019 to receive oh. a oh. – uh, to either pay your taxes or receive a refund, I think that's how you get it. And if you didn't use direct deposit, then it's going to take weeks or months because that's just how okay. – so did you <laughs> yeah you have direct deposit set I'm up checking right i think i think you're probably gonna see it soon uh yeah i did that with my taxes so yeah hey maybe you didn't well did i wait on a um, check uh, i don't know and then uh, the only way this is related is because of uh covid yeah, yeah. but uh, nearly 200 inmates rioted after officials announced coronavirus cases in a Washington state facility. Earlier Wednesday, the Washington State Department of Corrections said six inmates in the facility had tested positive for the virus. The revolt included inmates from multiple parts of the complex including its minimum security facility where the state has said at least three inmates have been affected with coronavirus. No staff members or inmates were injured. I don't really understand what the revolt entailed. This was one of those stories that barely had any details, but I, I I have been interested to know what has been going on in places like prisons where it's difficult to control like what I hate that fucking term, social distancing, Mm -hmm. physical distancing. It's difficult to control physical distancing and you're dealing with people that are very difficult to deal with in the first place. And yeah. Yeah. In a locally, they're talking about shutting down the parks here because of people city parks in Boulder. You mean so, that sucks. I hope that doesn't happen because, like, yeah, I know they shut down a lot of state parks and the and the national parks, but uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, other than that's the only thing that keeps me kind of going crazy. Yeah, <laughs> plus like this I is live, an outdoor I live in Colorado state. because I like this is outdoors, like you know. This is one, you know what I mean. This is a place for where people that like to go hiking and be out outdoors and shit. Um, it'd be a weird place to move. If you hated being outside. If you wanted, yeah, yeah. the weed. I, I guess maybe. Like I mean, like, uh, it's not really <laughs> a city, a place for people that are into big cities. I just Denver to me doesn't seem like a great big city. I mean, I know it's a it's it's a city, but compared yeah. to like Chicago or New York or, or that kind of thing, it's I just actually moving from Minneapolis, St. Paul to Denver is 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if the size is much different, but it just doesn't seem that much. Like it, it wasn't that much of a change. Yeah. You see that. Um, in other news, Linda Tripp, woman who revealed Clinton Lewinsky scandal, dies. Linda Tripp, 70, passed away after suffering from pancreatic cancer. Um, her family told US media Wednesday. Recordings of Miss Tripp made made of her conversations with Monica Lewinsky became central to the nineteen ninety-eight impeachment trial of then President Bill Clinton. Um she was variously praised she, as a whistleblower and denounced. She was, um, I, I like, yeah, I was, was pretty little when that happened, then. but like, uh, after I've read more about that, especially after she died, I just got the impression that she was just a kind of a shitty human being based on like, she, she like befriended Monica Lewinsky. She was, she was like 24 or something like that, 24 years older than her, but like, befriended her and then fucking you know gained her trust yeah and then used everything she told her to to um you know i guess you know out what was going on and and go after clinton um so she kind of like i don't know she she befriended somebody much younger than her and then fucked her over <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, watch out there. You may think that old people are nice. That's right. They but, are after your adrenochrome. But they're actually after and if they your adrenochrome. It, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, you want to watch out for your butthole, too. Your adrenochrome yeah. gland and or your, your butthole, butthole are the something. two things you need to watch but, out for in life. I do, you don't want to wake up and have Johnny Depp standing over. Finish the fucking story. What happened? And then you got to get Benicio in the room to go, you took too much, (laughs) too much, too much. All right. Well, here's what I was getting at earlier regarding (laughs) coronavirus in Africa. Emergency laws versus individual rights. So uh, armed variously with guns, whips, whips, Jesus. Uh, I mean, Whips shouldn't be bigger than guns, but I just don't hear about whips that often. Uh, yeah, tear gas canisters, security officers in several African countries have been beating, harassing, and in some cases, killing people as they enforce measures aimed at preventing the spread of COVID-19. The actions of the police and military are at the sharp end of a debate over the balance Jeez. between personal freedoms and human rights on the one hand, and on the need to protect society as a whole from coronavirus on the other. Faced with a growing health crisis, some African governments have introduced new emergency laws and digital surveillance echoing an earlier and more oppressive era. Rights groups have warned that if they are not reversed once the crisis is over, then these new measures could undermine basic freedom. Yeah. Wow. Um, I would like to add to that. I mean, the the, the World Health Organ- Organization put out some statement about 
where they might have to pull people out of their homes that are infected. Really? You know, and huh. put them in the hospital. Because they, if they're in their home, though, so, well, I mean, they're just yeah. Why would they take them out of their home? Like if they weren't quarantined. Oh, because they were continuing to go out. Well, because maybe they weren't. Uh, okay. Quarantining. I'll have to. Yeah, yeah, and and I saw some some report of in some city they were looking for some girl that was infected, and she I saw put something on her about Facebook that. Yeah, that I know that there's one guy and infect a bunch of people. I don't know what state it is, but he was he he was his house was being guarded because he was like tested positive, but he was refusing to stay put. So the, ju- the the judge actually ordered you know cops to guard his house to ensure that he wasn't leaving. I did hear about that. It's an interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a conundrum, I don't think, because people can't be. You can't be out fucking spreading the shit, but it's a weird. Uh, I don't know. I just keep saying it's a weird time because I mean, I I get that people, I I don't know. It's fucked up that like, if, if you were somebody that for some reason had tested positive, I don't know why you got tested, but you felt fine. Like you were asymptomatic and you just didn't wrap, you couldn't wrap your fucking head around the fact that like you went out, if you going out spreads the disease, that's a weird thing to then be told like, you, you know, if, if your head just couldn't mm-hmm. wrap the concept around it, you know, like, no, you, you're being fucking locked in your house until this is over. I suppose there's people that just can't fucking, they're like little kid mentality or something, you know? Right. And yeah. Nobody likes to be told what to do. No. <laughs> um in, in in related news, um specifically in Uganda, they're targeting gays. Um in neighboring Uganda, Human Rights Watch acronym HRW has accused police of using excessive force, including beating fruit and vegetable sellers and motor motorcycle taxi riders. Uh, moreover, police arrested twenty-three people during a raid on a shelter for Homeless, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender youth accusing them of disobeying disobeying orders by remaining in the shelter and charging them with a, quote, a negligent act likely to spread infection of disease, end quote, HRW said. The basic human rights of people should be at the center of government's response to this pandemic, especially those who are most vulnerable, like street vendors and homeless youth, said a representative from HRW. In the face of mounting criticism, 10 officers were charged with torture on Tuesday after being accused of canning 38 women and forcing them to swim in mud in the northern town of Elubi. Swim in mud? That's a weird... (laughs) The officers have not yet been asked to plead. People with their humiliation and torture... Are fucking weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole psychology behind that, you know, with like the, the Harvard prison thing experiments. Insane. While in um, South Africa, which has recorded the highest number of COVID-19 cases on the continent, at least eight people have been killed by police since a nationwide lockdown was imposed on the 26th of March. Um, the country's independent police investigative di- di- directorate yeah. said. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, a, Uganda historically, they have the I don't know I don't know if it's the same dictator as it was years ago but I I'd always hear stories uh Uganda I've always associated with synonymous with like having this overreaction to to gay people like they specifically that's one of those countries where they like go after gay people um uh-huh I don't know there's some there's just something with weird there's something with different cultures that I just can't wrap my fucking head around um Global watchdog Freedom House has warned that some measures being used to fight COVID-19 could have lasting harmful effects and could be extended and repurposed after a crisis has passed. Opposition groups in Ghana are, for instance, worried about a new law that gives the president sweeping powers to impose restrictions on people's movements. Ghana's justice minister, Gloria Akafu, defended the legislation saying it had been drafted to protect the nation's health and would deal not only with the risk that our country has been exposed to presently, but also in the future. I knew that this sort of shit would come up and I know that people are worried about it in this country too, where there's obviously things that, you know, we're just talking about it. There's shit that you need to do for the, you know, the, the, the overall common good, but how do you ensure that right. such power is not extended and left in place once the crisis has ended? So, and I get it's like a fine line. I mean, I was saying this morning because they were um, to my roommate because they were talking about shutting down all the parks. So I was like, you know what they should do is we have enough police force or have citizens report back to them and just enforce that people are staying six feet apart. And that way we don't have to necessarily change all of our life. Although there's more um, surveillance going on, you know, telling. but I mean, it's, it's either, it's either we do something like that as an option before they shut down all the parks. I don't know. I wonder if they want to avoid having people, um, Well, also having people enforce things like staying apart. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if they don't want to put different people in these positions at all. Like, you know, let's just let's just take care of it all. Like nobody, you know, shut this thing down. It's just let keep everybody out as opposed to like, I mean, you're you know you're now yeah. your part of your job is to you know go tell people not to stand next to each other and then deal with their reactions it's like fuck that it sucks yeah, so it bad sucks. you know <laughs> it sucks yeah. so bad like i don't know the whole thing about having authority i've never been one that liked to have authority but if if somebody said you know you're you're now the authority here and there's obvious reasons why authority has to exist. I don't mind being the guy that has to enforce yeah. it, 
but it fucking sucks when like it comes down to shit that like I just don't necessarily I mean this, you do need to tell people to stay apart but fuck man I'd, I'd hate to be yeah I don't know there's certain things that I just hate to be I in that agree. position yeah it's different than like being that type like being a manager yeah <laughs> you know those are, those are people you pick to kind of work with and you could talk to them reasonably um but yeah you're right i mean that's a general public and you don't know who the fuck's crazy well i mean also <laughs> like i think as 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 like law enforcement it's just easier to like it's i don't know there's reasons to tell people look you can't speed you can't punch people in the face you can't harass people and then it gets weird when it gets down to just weird personal freedom shit you know like you you can't you guys aren't standing far enough apart you know like and then all of a sudden what if it becomes you need a face mask hey i'm gonna fine you if you're not wearing a face mask so then it's it's so like oh shit mm. how far are we going with this? It's almost easier just to shut the area down. Well, just, no, uh, just nobody come in for a while. <laughs> in yeah, in the in the uh, People's Republic of Boulder, the bubble. Um, there's a hardware store called McGuckins that uh, they're not letting people inside the hardware store without a mask. So they'll turn you away if you don't have what, a mask. What constitutes a mask? Can you just put your shirt up over your nose and mouth like like a annoying cartoon character, like a Bazooka Joe type thing? Like a like yeah. Cornholio kind of. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. No, they probably need an official mask. <laughs> like no, like Jason or Shredder. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, in other news, coronavirus related, uh, Canada lost a record one million jobs in March. Um, I don't want to delve too much in the in the uh, statistics here. You know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that said. Canada lost a million jobs. The United States. Uh, weekly job loss claims hit 6.6 million. Um, Number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits has surged for the third week in a row as the economic toil tied to the coronavirus intensifies. Um, Let's see. The surging joblessness is a stark reversal of the world's biggest economy where the unemployment rate had been hovering at around 3.5%. Um, today's report continues to reflect the personal sacrifice being made by America's workers and their families to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Labor Secretary, uh, Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia said. Um, yeah, I mean that's not even really news that needs to be reported. It's what we're all living. So, oh, real, yeah. real quick, I got <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I mean I like informing the people, but even myself reading this again, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I I you do know? have to. 
Okay, so like we we we're all dealing with this, and we kind of know what it is. And like, I'll try to we'll we'll try to get over the fucking coronavirus news because we're just dealing with it. And maybe um, going forward, I'll try to find some other stuff. But I, I gotta say something that um, this got me. Uh, you, you said something earlier with with a preacher that was one of the funniest things I'd seen in a while. And it just so happened oh, that yeah. when I was looking at some of this news stuff, and I was looking at African news, it talked about, um, let's see here, in Tanzania, um, they have a, uh, an authority that has penalized TV stations for airing content that was misleading and untrue about the government's strategy on fighting COVID. Um the authority didn't elaborate, but speculation is that it objected to a report which criticized the president of the country for saying that churches should remain open because, quote, unquote, coronavirus cannot survive in a church. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so... Um, now that we know that, everybody, uh, we are going to see churches packed on Easter. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, uh, people, going forward, uh, we're going to try to find some more uplifting, uh, maybe not uplifting, but just see if there's any. Actually, that's going to be the challenge. I'm going to try to find news unrelated to coronavirus outside of coffee and cannabis yeah well I've, just I've... news that's not coronavirus yeah well you know what tony i was gonna just text you this but fuck it i already have it pulled up and i wanted to start adding a two segments um and i was thinking of this day in history being one of them like it um so although people get it late <laughs> But fucking deal with it. Uh, So today, being April 9th, 2020, on the same day in... What was was the original date? I don't have a date. That's lame. But today was a day that Robert E. Lee surrendered. So uh, essentially today is pretty much the end of the... uh, Civil War. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know my, my dates. Yeah. On April 9th, Lee sent a message to Grant announcing his willingness to surrender. The two generals met in the parlor of the Wilmer McLean home at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, yeah. So there you go. That was the end of the Civil War. April 9th. That was um, was that was that the biggest the other war? News. Uh, like they say that more people were lost in the Civil War than, um, I like which war? I mean, I I, I thought statistically they always say more people I, were lost during no. that war than you know other like overseas wars. Yeah, really. Oh, Google it. All right. Um, and other news that happened on April 9th. Or history on April 9, 2003, just three weeks into the invasion of Iraq, U.S. forces pulled down the bronze 
statue of Saddam Hussein in Baghdad's Fido Square, symbolizing the end of the Iraqi president's long, often brutal reign. So that was a that's big news. I remember. I remember that. watching that, and there was a great uh, big dude with a sledgehammer that kept hitting the thing, and then they were like, eventually somebody said that's not going to work. So then they went and they got a tank, and they tied. I guess a rope or a cable to the head of the statue and then to the, the gun turret part of the tank. I don't know. And then they just backed up and yanked the thing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Um, but that's pretty much all that was uh, noteworthy in um, history. Um, I guess in 1881, Billy the Kid was convicted of murder. You like the the Western stuff. Um, another segment I'd like to. This is what I used to do at at our last job was I'd you know kind of share with you guys like, hey, this happened in history, or like, you know, what holidays today? Because there's a bunch of random holidays. Um, but today is Mwandi Thursday, um, which I uh, might be mispronouncing that, but uh, Christians mark Monday. Thursday, <laughs> which commemorates the Last Supper. Um, so it's the Thursday before Easter is when this happens. So maybe, you you know, it could very well be your Last Supper. So maybe um, take a note. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, uh, I'll try to eat something decent tonight. Uh, there you go. All right. Um and hope there's not a well. Maybe by people. tomorrow, I'll have uh, all the people that died during the Civil War. Um, and it looks like 1865. Is that when it ended? I think that's when it ended. Um. Yeah. The Civil War. Well, yeah. You said April 9th, and then it says 1865. Okay. Huh. Oh, and other news. Uh, today is the start of Passover. Um, it's National Woo-hoo! Unicorn Day. National Winston Churchill Day. National Gin and Tonic Day for you drinkers out there. Um, National Chinese Almond Cookie Day. Almond Cookie. And it's also National Alcohol Screening Day. Hmm. <laughs> so don't have too many, too too many uh, yeah. gin and tonics. Are st- well, maybe they're not with COVID. Um, and then International ASMR Day, also known as International uh, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It's day. weird. Like I, I can't believe people just didn't know that one. Yeah, I think I just found out what that was the other day, and I still don't get it. Is I don't, I guess it's like you can watch a weird video and it gives you like tingly feelings, not like in your pants, but like you know, you get like goosebumps or something, or like makes you cringe. So it's like you get like an extra sense almost. That's really that that holiday is this is the only holiday I celebrate. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, 
I think that wraps up our episode for wrap it up. the day. I think I'm I'm going to um, try to get those other guys on for tomorrow. If we uh, if we have technical difficulties, we'll just we'll just fucking scrap the parts that don't work. Cut you, you off. Know? See. Yeah. Or I think we could we could just like boot people off and we can make it like a game and see who That's right. who's all left standing. I bet it's you and I at the end. <laughs> no, I think it'd be funny if we both got kicked off first and then Paul and Eric were stuck doing it. <laughs> it'd probably be a good show. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, yeah. And then they came back and they were like, this is our podcast the people, now. The, it's, it's the highest rated podcast yet. And then I just have to go, oh, fuck it. <laughs> have me on now and then. All right. All right. Um, well, then I will uh, talk to you on Rebecca Black Day, otherwise known as Friday. No, there we go. COVID-19. COVID-19. COVID-19.